0: Hi folks, Jamie in the house and welcome to another episode of Mindset with Muscle. I just want to jump on before we kickstart this episode, with a bit of apology, some of the sound at the beginning is just a little bit quiet, but if you manage to push through for about five or six minutes, you are going to hear one hell of an epic podcast with none other than Mr. Paul Moore. So sit back, relax and enjoy. Now. Put me in the game now to prove it i'm ready to do it i can't be afraid now put me on the stage now i'm ready to
1: rage now i feel like an animal stuck in a cage and i'm ready to break out
0: Hi folks, and welcome to another awesome episode of Mindset with Muscle. And I have a very special guest with me today. He is an author, an email and marketing expert, and his relentless attitude to business and life has seen him become the go-to person for married businessmen who want to sort their shit out. Ladies and gents, give
1: it What he said, mate. Paul, how are you? Dude, I'm amazing. That was the best intro i No shit, that's the best intro I've ever had. There you go. <laughs> you no, know, I love it because I didn't have to write it.
0: Yeah, exactly. Where well, is is? Um, it's doing your research, Mister Moore. Dude, you dude
1: absolutely love that. You, that's no shit. That's made me do better. Good. I love it. And do you know what's funny? When you do an interview like this, you probably had it, and you know when you speak at events, can you send us a bio? And when you're writing in third person, you just feel like a bit of a dick.
0: Yeah. You it, know what it, yeah. <laughs> exactly and and um yeah i think i think it's so important but yes
1: yeah you have been working on those skills i love it dude i'm great i'm excited to get going because it's been a long time we did one when was the date of the last one
0: it was it i think it was a couple of years ago was
1: it yeah Yeah, a lot would have changed since then for both of us i'm fucking sure and i'm sure we'll cover it
0: (laughs) just just to hear I, i think i think we titled that one um tingly balls tingly. <laughs> i think i think i remember we we're talking about herbal essences um oh, in, mid- uh, the so yeah. we've got a lot to go through today mr mort and i kind of like my focus pri- primarily is body brain and business of course which is yours too yeah. um and i want to kick kind of start i want to kind of kick start with body mm-hmm. and i want to kind of know what struggles you've had over the past <laughs> few years with your yeah. uh, with your body, Mr Moore he a
1: lot had a lot of struggles I mean, I've kind of always Been fat, pretty much Always, I left school, discovered Booze, women, drugs, we've heard this story before I got fat, I became a personal trainer I got fat, I got in shape, I got fat um, The main struggles that I've had Was just what I thought it took To get in shape, I think I think I was so obsessed With being right and my way Being the only way back when um, That I thought that was the only way to get in shape and I kind of, I went down this and I've said this so many times, this is in my book as well, which is there's no happy ending to an unhappy journey. I'm sure you've spoken about this before, you can't live a life you love, doing shit that you loathe, and I was doing shit that I hated. I was doing a, nutrition, I was a clean eater, I hated it, couldn't stick to it, got fat and um, I was doing training that I hated doing and then no shit on yesterday, maybe Yesterday, I interviewed Mike, you know Mike Samuels?
0: Yeah.
1: I read an article by Mike Samuels in 2015, and it was the one that he wrote that changed his life as well as mine. I told him, I said, mate, that article changed my life when he he wrote an article about how clean eating made him fat and how eating um, cheesecake and Pringles or something got him shredded. And he wrote this article that blew his, it it changed his life and it changed mine because I I finally, I I think I was just at a stage in my life where I was willing to be wrong. I think we'll get so obsessed with our way being the only way that we'll do we'll do it and it'll make us miserable. So the struggles that I've had were that I couldn't get in shape. And when I wasn't in shape, my confidence is terrible. I'm a dick. I'm horrible to be around. My energy's low. Um, and then I read that article, and again, it was a long time ago, and I've still had my struggles, but then I then I got on this whole calorie deficit thing. I go, that's a CFD. And all these, all these evidence-based practitioners started coming out. And I must admit, when they first came out, they triggered the shit out of me. When it, when this whole thing came out, I was like, well, that's bullshit, that's not healthy. And then I tried it, I was willing to be wrong, and I got in shape. And now I'm like, I sent to Leslie yesterday, or Friday it might have been, Saturday it was, I skipped the workout, and I didn't feel bad. I was like, because it's part of who I am now. And I think part of just making it part of my lifestyle was finding a type of training that I love, and that got me in shape, and that I could almost see myself sticking to forever. That's it, really. I was like, i would tried so many things where I try and get in shape. I do shit that I didn't like doing. I follow restrictive diets. I would may get in shape and stay in shape for like a week, and then just be on that cycle that I'm sure so many of the listeners have been on. You know what I mean? Doing shit that you hate, get in shape, get fat again, do the whole thing, and that was awful for me. It It was never really felt like, and it's a, it's a... a bit of a cliche but never really felt like a lifestyle change and i suppose my reasons for wanting to get in shape just changed as well
0: and i think i think i think you're so right there i think actually i remember you about a year or so ago paul talking about obviously you know your kind of exercise now is more boxing and Brazilian jiu jitsu. Yeah, fighting. And, and but which is something that you enjoy doing. But I think it's understanding that there are different methods, but very few fundamentals. And of course, what we're talking about is the fundamental fat loss is calorie deficit. But there's different yeah. methods methods to attri- uh, to achieve that calorie yes. deficit. Yes. And there's the and then when we break it down, those two are even more simplified. It's eat less or move more. So if yeah. you can if you can find ways of eating less. Mm-hmm. That you enjoy, mm-hmm. and find ways that make you move more that you enjoy, then you'll win the game. And I think a lot of people forget the, that you enjoy because yeah. you can do lot you can do lots of different things that help you move more that you fucking hate. Yeah, and and you you can try lots of different ways to eat less that you fucking hate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the key to it, and the kind of mic drop to it, is finding the things that you enjoy that are dear to either of those or both yeah. of those.
1: Absolutely, I agree. And and do you know what? I think there is a case for sometimes you just have to do what's required, even when you don't feel like it. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you're probably going through that right now, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. And
1: you know what? I don't feel like it today, but I'm. It's what's required to get this make this thing happen. But I yeah. think you couldn't live your life like that. Otherwise, you end up miserable, and you yeah. just you just get in this perpetual cycle of start, stop, start, stop. Now I don't really have start, stop. It's just who what I do now and i think that's such a that's a and i I know that if i want to drop a bit of body fat i maybe have to cut some shit out maybe i have to reduce my calories or what i've done this week is i'm just adding five thousand extra steps to my day which is essentially bouncing on that little trampoline that i've got the old robin style trampoline it's either that or when i do calls i'll do it on the phone i'll go out for a walk while i'm doing them or i'll just walk to the office in the morning that's it if i want to drop a little i'm going to dubai in five weeks i want to drop a little bit of body fat but that's the only change that i'll have to make really
0: yeah and it's but about, also it, for me it's it, about it,
1: it's if i see it as a if i see too many things as sacrifice it feels like hard work
0: yeah and as i get older i'm exactly the same you know like i come from a competitor's background mm-hmm. um i know what's required to get in yeah. shape but at the same time you know i'll get two or three weeks into tracking macros yeah and, I, and i'm like fuck this i just want to go down the pub and have a beer yeah. Or and and you know, like now everything's changed and, and and to be honest, you know, it's what what's the minimum requirement that I can do to look yes. the way that I feel happy yes. in? And you that's
1: know, it I actually think it come I'm, I'm working with the guys at all my performance right now. And they asked a great question which was what is your what level of sacrifice are you willing to make? And I said like a seven out of ten. I said that's great. What are you not willing to sacrifice? Said, I'm not willing to sacrifice ice cream and I'm not willing to sacrifice jujitsu. Outside of that, I'll do pretty much anything. And they were like, that's fine. but just And they, they were great with it because they were like, just understand that your your expectations and your results will be slightly different to what they would be if you are doing the perfect plan. And yeah. I was like, I'm, I'm so cool with that because I think it's okay to not be willing to do certain things. I think I used to lie to myself about what I was willing to do.
0: Yeah, And but I think the same-
1: now I'm like, okay, well, I'm, what, I'm, if I'm not willing to do that, A, am I prepared to pay the consequences? Yes, I am. I may not get as lean. And B, what am I willing to do?
0: Yeah, but in 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 itself, Paul, that's the perfect plan. Yeah, because if you were to give if you were given the perfect plan, then it wouldn't work. So it wouldn't be the perfect plan. And I think that's where a lot of people get it wrong because it's the perfect plan for you. And I think too many people sacrifice too much, and then as with a lot of habits, they associate progress with like struggle, but not that there's. I think there's very different types of struggle you know there are there are struggles that you need and struggles that you want um and struggles that you don't want as well yeah um because i'm willing to struggle for certain things but there's certain things that i'm willing not to struggle for yes um and there's and and that and that's changed massively over the years it's almost
1: like picking your battles isn't it almost like choosing your battles yeah
0: Yeah. And, and um as i've got older think priorities have changed things have changed and you know, for me, well, I say it's a lot easier for me because I was an obsessed bodybuilder for many years. So, 21 years of lifting weights, my life's very, very easy now. You know, it's not very hard for me to get in shape and stay in shape because yeah. the work's already been done. Yeah. yeah. Um, which can yeah. be a, a lot frustrating to people who are on the start of their journey. Yeah. Because... And, and do
1: you know what? I think sometimes you just learn about your body. Like, I know that I don't particularly love weight training, but if I don't weight train, my body does not respond very well and no resistance training. Yeah, like I was like, if I tried a challenge earlier this year, which was, can I get shredded just doing yoga and jiu jitsu, and I couldn't. <laughs> the re- my body just didn't respond. For it. My body felt soft. Yeah, and my body just, and I just learned that what's the minimum required dose on weight training because I don't particularly love it. It's okay, I'll do it. I'll do it if I can do it in the morning, and I'm going to get three a week in, and that's all I'm getting in. But I'm, I'm okay with that. My body, my body responds better to that.
0: Yeah, I, I think Joe. You know- I love, obviously, I love weightlifting, but at the moment, I'm not doing any. I'm just doing cardio, and my whole body composition changes because Does I it? look, yeah, I say the same weight, but I look at, I, I kind of look a bit blamongy, if you know what I mean, a lot <laughs> a lot softer. Yeah, but, fluffy. But, fluffy. Yeah. That's but, a great way to put it as well. Yeah, but, but to be honest, I, I'll tell you what has changed. My mood has got better. Has um, it? And the reason my mood's got better is... You know, a workout's probably half an hour, forty-five minutes. I'm I'm on my mobile phone because I'm tracking it, which then causes me to maybe just check Instagram in between sets and and lose the whole point of yes. why you go to the gym. Yeah. Uh, and and the next thing is but
1: I'm on the old school. I'm still on the old school training journal.
0: Yeah, and 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 sometimes, I do exactly that. And sometimes that's the best thing. But now I'm running a lot and now I'm swimming a lot. Mm-hmm. I can't be, on, you know, I can't be on my mobile phone. So I get hours yeah. in my head. Yeah, um, and yeah. and and it's just that's it's just what, an absolute game changer.
1: That's what jujitsu and is like. I said I did an interview for actually our Jitsu gym the other day. They're doing a documentary, and they're like, "Paul, why did you do Jitsu I said, "You know what it's like. A, because my kids are good at it, and I don't want them beating the shit out of me when they're teenagers. B is it it, it gets me around people, which I'd love to look at as well. It gets me around people, and it's not isolated training. One of the biggest mistakes men make is isolation. So it's getting around people, this community." See is that it's like I find it like violent meditation. <laughs> There's no way else to be. I can't yeah. I'm just trying not to get strangled, or get my arm broke, or get my shoulder pulled out the socket, and I'm trying to do that to someone else at the same time and at the end' we're mates. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah Actually, I, it's- mark, mark who works for me who's here i keep saying it every day because i, I train jujitsu with him he's better than me i might like, make you all gonna get it tonight <laughs> <laughs> but it's fun do you know what i mean and i think that that's that whole p- place of being off your phone and being just in the and that's what i love about hot yoga as well i do hot yoga i love it but my body doesn't particularly like it that much my hamstrings certainly don't like it but i'm in there and i'm nowhere else i'm I'm focusing on breathing, I'm focusing on the training. It's a it's a completely different experience.
0: Yeah, and, and a lot of people, you know, laugh at kind of hot yoga, but I kind of say to people, you try and do a forty five minute class. Um it's probably it is one of the most excruciatingly painful things. Here's a
1: fact, this is crazy. This is this blew my mind. My heart rate goes higher in hot yoga than it does when I spar boxing.
0: Christ, yeah, and, and it's not surprising when you like, isn't
1: that. It doesn't feel like it when I'm doing it, but clearly my body's working extremely hard. But it's just a different kind of feeling. But yeah, when I spar boxing, I'm talking full contact, no head guard, gum shields. I mean, the gloves are 16 ounces because it's sparring. But my heart rate goes higher when I'm doing hot yoga.
0: This <laughs> is crazy. So, kind of the last question with body, and it's kind of a little bit with business, Paul. Mm-hmm. How how essential do you reckon fitness is? with running a business and i'll tell you I, i'll tell you like from my own personal experience from and of course you know this is your area of expertise because yeah. you know you you work very much with married men who run successful businesses but then yeah. they kind of like from what i've seen a lot of guys kind of justify not being fit and use their businesses as an excuse yeah. because it's quite easy for them to turn around and go, well, fuck you, I run a seven-figure business. You don't know what that's like. Yeah. So shut up. You know, it's that kind of justification. Yes, I
1: totally get it. I totally get it. Yeah.
0: And, and you know, I kind of want to ask you as a, you know... I actually who's did
1: been... on this two weeks ago, and I think for most, we can talk about composition. We can talk about how your body looks. But I think at a certain age, you tend to give less of a fuck. So what I've got to sell it as is something different. That's the side effect. That's the side effect of training for my guys. I tell them all we're doing here is we're generating energy, we're protecting and generating energy, and then I just sell them what energy is about. You don't have energy, you create it, right? And I say to them, right, when energy's low, and and I ran them through a list of things. I've got the notes on but it was when energy's low, your 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 overall feelings of happiness are lower, right? When your energy's low, you're less likely to take on challenges. When your energy's low, your tolerance of other people is lower. When your energy is low, you're less focused. When your energy is low, your confidence is low when I deal with crises. There's so many things that go with energy being low. So I just have to sell them the opposite of that. Okay, what happens if you increase your energy? My favorite question is, if you are able to, to generate more energy throughout the day, who else would it impact and how? That's my favorite question ever.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because I'm like,
1: that's that's the difference. You have, you, you, People think they just have energy. I haven't got the energy to work out. but that's not what energy is about. It's like a power plant. A power plant doesn't have energy. Generates energy, same as you. Yeah. So I sell it like that, really, because the aesthetics. Again, that's a that's a side effect. I think it's a side effect. It's not a, it's not a goal for men at a certain age. it's certainly not enough of a of a. It's not enough leverage for them to give up time in the business to go and do. Whereas yeah. I can sell them, I'm actually going to buy your time here. Exercise is going to buy your time because you're going to generate way more shit yeah and, and,
0: and, and, and life's a lot easier I think a life's much easier and and you get yeah. less, as you said, you get less triggered. An analogy that I kind of gave it is like you, you know for those of you who are gamers um I'm not a gamer by the way um, <coughs> once once call of duty you know once they once black ops came out, that was me done um, but call duty <laughs> Well, the way I kind of get people to picture it is: imagine you're you're in Call of Duty, you're on level twenty. You've you've been playing the game so bloody long, and then you've got a load of amateurs that come in, and then you just go down to their level and play around. Now you've got two ways that you can deal with it. You can be an absolute bell end to everybody because you're so you're so much more experienced than them, and you can go and kill them in one shot. Or you can utilise your skills and, and understand that you know you're a highly val- valuable person because. This is level one shit for you. There's no need for you to get annoyed with people. You can this just do
1: That's a great jujitsu analogy, by the way. Imagine rolling. On Thursday, we did five eight minute rounds of sparring, by the way. Bearing in mind a boxing, when, when I would do boxing fights, a two minute round, eight minutes, there's no rest. Eight minutes is phenomenal. And my last round was with a purple belt. That's like way beyond, that's like four or five years ahead of me. And he just helped me out. He didn't try and smash me,
0: he, he told here. me where I
1: was going wrong. He was like, "You're actually doing. You're great at that, but you might want to work on this." I mean, he still, he still, he still didn't let me off the hook, and he yeah. still didn't, like try He didn't muscle. And dude, he's about. I would say he's at least. I'll say he's about ten kilos lighter than me, and he threw me around like an empty tracksuit.
0: <laughs> but he kind I of me- let me do all the work. <laughs> I, I, I remember seeing a YouTube video, and I think it was black belt puts on a white belt and then yeah. goes into a normal jiu jitsu class or or yeah. or, or really? a presi- and it, and it was amazing because obviously he's 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 not like he's not showing his black belt skills he's just doing these little things that make yeah. people scratch their head going what yeah. just like yeah. what just happened there because and i think it's that perception in people's head is you know we're very status driven as in like we'll look at we won't listen to someone unless they've got a blue tick or they've got loads of lights and that and and to a lot of people unfortunately that's their kind of jujitsu black belt the only problem with social media and the kind of measurement of that is that People can get overnight success. People can get lucky, and that doesn't always show a level of experience of a person. Uh, how many likes and followers said
1: to that to me. IFS actually, now was saying that. Someone said, "Oh, Paul, I've seen James had shared his stuff before." He said, "But you only had five thousand followers." So I didn't bother listening. Yeah, it's, which we weird. weird. and then what made him listen was when I showed him my Stripe account on the on. In my... <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> but it's once once again, it's a measurement that, it and is. and of course, you know, coming from a marketing background, you know. Authority is one of the biggest things. It's like people want to, people obviously online and that want to know why should they listen to you and and, and it's that perfect markers. It's like understanding right. Okay, that's got a million views. I should watch it as opposed to that yeah, one who's got ten have views. We just
1: segued into business without even mentioning it. We we, we have
0: yeah, yeah. I think so. <laughs> Holy shit!
1: Holy shit! Hey, did you know how to spe- do you know how to spell segway? Have you ever seen this spelling before?
0: Um, s e g w a y, isn't it?
1: No, dude, it's not. It's s e g. U-E. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> Segway, the one that you're talking about. was that oh, one? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Paul Block Mall Cop one you're talking <laughs> about. The, when you're going from... When you're transitioning, how crazy your words... How crazy is that, yeah?
0: Yeah, but it's... I think as well, the reason I talk about body, brain and business, because there's commonalities between all of them and you kind of need all of them. You know, a lot of people think, oh, well, I don't run a business. I'm like, yeah, but, you know, a business is based on solving problems and your life is based on solving problems. So effectively, your life is a business because the better you get at playing it, the more wealthier you become. And that's not always about uh, money in in your Stripe account. That's more about, you know, people forget that that's emotional wealth, physical wealth and actual you know and and this they they all interlink with each other you're either
1: investing in those bank accounts or you're taking money out right you're taking the investment out you're either in the red or you're in the black across the board with all of those
0: yeah Yeah. exactly so well we'll, we'll, i do want to continue with the business stuff but i want to kind of do the most important factor out of all this and this is brain yeah um and You know, something that you've mentioned a lot, you've gone through the ringer the past few years with lots of different things, um, which kind of makes you in itself an authority on, you know, I would say very much, Paul, on, on things like anxiety and mental health. And it's something that's really become a lot more prevalent over the over the last year or so especially with social media yeah. you know, something that i've done this year is i've donated five pounds to every person that signed up to my challenges to the campaign for uh, campaign against living miserably so we've great raised charity.
1: great charity yeah
0: and you know it 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 shocked me that 84 men every week in the uk take their lives that literally yeah. that literally stopped me in my tracks because yeah. i think a lot of people aren't willing to talk about mental health because they don't think that somebody understands. And it's very much like, you know, I, I do a lot of work with combat stress. Yep. And, I and you know, the same with a lot of mental health. You have PTSD. Yep. And one thing I say that a lot of soldiers struggle with about PTSD is that they're not willing to share because they don't. You weren't there like they're not willing to speak to a civilian because you don't get it because you weren't in afghanistan you weren't in iraq you weren't there but as soon as they see that you're an ex-soldier that you've been to the places they've been yeah you you can you know have that common ground they open up a lot more and i think you know what you've done phenomenally over the last few years is you've you know you've generated millions of views on your content by just being yourself and yeah. being open and honest about yeah. your struggles.
1: Yeah, I think it's a language thing, you know, because someone asked me the other day, Paul, a lot of the stuff that you're saying makes a lot of sense, but when I say it, it triggers people. Like they're trying to repeat what I say. I say it in the, they're like, how do you get away? Actually, I get away with saying quite a lot. Something's just happened to my mic, but I'm sure it's fine. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah it's, it's, it's all right. Yeah, all good. Yeah. All right. popped, I think it's. I think it just switched over or something. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. He asked me, he said, how do you, how do you, how do you get away with it? I said, I just say things how I would like them said to me, because I think it, I, I, Molly Coddling never worked for me when I was struggling and never being told everything was okay. having smoke blown on my ass. Never worked for me when I was struggling. I needed a bit of tough love and it wasn't a pull yourself together kind of thing. It was like, listen, I get it, but you're responsible for how you feel. No one else. And that's, that's what I needed. So I think that's all I've I've been able to do. And I've I've had, listen, the alternative to me sharing and being myself was keeping it in a line about it. And or, I'd already been a rock bottom. So there was kind of no further I could go. So the, the option, and part of the reason why I was a rock bottom was because I was constantly lying. And my favorite trick was covering shit up with humor. I was thinking about this today, actually. I was writing an email, Jamie. Can you remember Dirty Uncle Morty? I was was thinking to myself, what the fuck happened to that guy? He kind of just went. And I was right. I was thinking about it a day, and I suppose that's what I did. I I covered everything with humor, how much I could drink, how much I could eat, all of that stuff. I just covered it all with shit. And that was just me hiding it. And I think that's what most men do. We hide things. We hide behind humor, and we'll often hide behind booze quite a lot. That that was my trick. So I'd already done that. So I'm like, I have to be someone fucking different now. And I think I just ran with it, and, and and I think what's been great for me is a lot of it's been quite organic. I don't, I never have to force talking about this stuff anymore. Yes. And I think part of the problem is that people don't know what – everyone talks about, oh, you need, we need to talk. I'm like, is that the fucking answer? People don't know what to say.
0: Yeah. I think it's – as well, though, Paul, I think it's a timing thing because I've, I've just written – I've just literally pulled my heart out into my new book, and my new book's called Meltdown and that is a
1: sick title by the way i love that
0: yeah and it's um it's basically um helping you um turning your hardship into happiness basically um and something that i realized when i was going through a lot of my dark you know i had a really dark six months in 2017 which i've spoken a lot about um but i would never have spoken to anyone about it Mm -hmm. because i a, I thought I could figure it out myself. And, you know, people, a lot of people get triggered because, you know, I, I was lucky too, but I didn't also, I think I was naive because I didn't realise how much people were doing for me behind closed doors. And I mm-hmm. only literally realised, literally three or four months ago, when I kind of said to myself, yeah, I sorted my own shit out. And, and then I had people say, well, no, actually, we did this, 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 this. And, and it just blew my head because I like people know me so well that they knew that there were certain things that they could like they couldn't blatantly do something but they yeah. could they could literally kind of right place right time be there around speak to a few people who conveniently reach out and and do stuff but yeah. don't but don't mention the elephant in the room um yeah. and it was like holy shit um and and I think it was that kind of realization but I think my ability to talk to it talk so much about it now is because i'm out the other end yes um, and yes. when i was going through it there was i wouldn't have spoken a, like i've actually got a lot of my videos saved from that time
1: dude i deleted my facebook account for 18 months
0: yeah um have you gone back to see any of the videos and content dude i um, have amazing yeah
1: and, dude, and I'm, so, I'm so fucking father <laughs> yeah oh, they're yeah, every i actually shared one at ifs as well and people are like holy shit Yes. Yeah. even just the way I talk was completely different. Do you know what I mean?
0: Is, yeah, yeah. And, and well, the thing is is, I remember, um, I you know, like, the thing is, I kept, I, I, I still showed up every day, still did yeah. all my lives, still did all my walks yeah. and talks, and, oh, and, and then, followed. yeah, every single day, I still turned up to, you know, did did everything, and obviously yeah. it was running the business. So yeah. nothing, nothing on social media you would have never noticed at all. Yeah, but when I look back at some of the videos, it was kind of the lights are there, but no one's home. It was just going. You can through.
1: tell in the eyes, right? You can tell yeah. in the eyes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was just, you know, when I spoke, it was just, it was words based on experience from reading books rather than personal experiences through struggle. Yeah, so
1: It was um, like recital rather than insights.
0: Yeah. It was, it was just yeah. like, here's what that book says you need to do. And yeah. you know, I just say it confidently and it's believable. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I think that's that's why people resonate a lot with you, Paul, with when you when you talk about this stuff, is because you have come out on the other side, and I think that inspires a lot of people to show that there is a light at the end of the tunnel.
1: Yeah, um, and I think it, I think because I'm able to do that, I think that's why the language resonates with people. I think because then people that say they don't get it when I say certain things, and I don't even do it on purpose. I just yeah. talk about my experience. The words that I use and the way that I describe it, I think that's what resonates with people. Cause they love, they'll. I remember, dude, I've seen so many shrinks, so many. I've seen every is going, spent a lot of money, private NHS, the works, right? Went everywhere, and I could just look at them, I'd be like, You don't fucking get this, do you? You don't every single time. i honestly, sometimes I'll be like, Listen, it's not for me, this, I'm out. My wife would try and drive me back down, I'm out, and then I, then I just I, it'll be, it's in my book. I talk about a, a guy that I saw online, Garrett White, said a few words, and I was like, This guy fucking gets it. And it was the language that he used, the way that he spoke, the way that he talked about it. Not necessarily even how good the content was. It was the words that he used and the way he described how I was feeling. That that's essentially I think what I've been able to I don't even say do very well, it's just what I've done. Yeah. And I, and think I that's what resonates with people.
0: And I think that's what's important is that You
1: can't fake it. No. I don't think you can fake it.
0: No, and, and I've heard you know, I've heard people talk about mindset stuff in the past. Yeah. Um, and it's just like you've just you know it's important to to learn from books but then what I do is you know like uh, a huge book that I'm talking a lot about at the moment is the 15 Invaluable Laws of Growth by John Maxwell because they are so important and relevant but what I do is kind of take them and make them relevant to my audience and I think that's what's so important to do because you know some of the greatest books have been around 80 odd years and you know one and even you know we spoke before we went on this about stoicism some of the stuff there is 2000 2300 yeah. years old and it's still relevant today
1: Dude, um, me, you'll be getting quoted in 2000 years time we'll Yeah, yeah tinky balls. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but but it's it's taking that and finding its relevance adding a few fucks in there um, yeah. And making it relevant to the kind of person that you are, and I think that's what really gets through to a lot of a lot of guys. You know, guys in you know thirty plus, yeah. who, you know, being around, they you know, they haven't got time to read the books. They they want yeah. the kind of the quick, the quick, you know, what's synopsis of it, and they want to get to the end of it. But also, they want to know that there is you know a light at the end of the tunnel. And I think two of the biggest things that a lot of people talk about, especially with business, and especially with brain, because we're kind of segueing, over to, to to business now is anxiety and overwhelm. Yeah. So, what kind of tips can like? I love both of
1: these two. What's the
0: difference between anxiety and overwhelm? And
1: yes, for me, I'm gonna do sorry, I can't even wait. Sorry, keep go, yeah, no, finish, no, finish yeah. the question. I'm so excited.
0: <laughs> so, what, what would you say the difference is between uh, anxiety and overwhelm? what things can people do to change it and what did you do to obviously change a lot of your anxiety and everyone
1: let me first frame this and say i have a lot of experience and anxiety um i can't remember the first time it happened but i remember i actually had a little one on the way back from ifs on a plane and i hadn't had one for a long time let me let me so let me pre-frame this the worst panic attack that i ever had was on a flight to i was going to syracuse in new york for my friend's wedding I was four hours into an eight-hour flight to Chicago. And I watched a film, and it had kids in it or something. And I went to text my wife while I'm in the middle of the flight. And I was like, shit, I can't speak to my kids. Fucking meltdown, dude. Like, I'm walking, I'm yomping around. Obviously, I'm in fucking business class and I'm a snob now. But- <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, I had to mention it as well because I'm modest. <laughs> so I'm walking around business class, and, and, and the stewardess is like, are you okay? And I'm like, not really, sweating. Right. I said, listen, I'm I'm having a fucking anxiety attack here. And she asked me all sorts of questions. She starts panicking. She's like, are you on any meds? I was like, yeah, I've got bipolar. And she's like, are oh, you feeling violent? I mean, like, I don't, you obviously don't get my bipolar. It's nothing to do with violence. And then she, she rings a doctor. She rings a doctor from the airplane, which blew my mind. Then she opened, she got this big briefcase out with a lot on it. So had meds in it. And she gave me these pills and wiped me out for the rest of the flight. And I was so fucked up from that that I actually missed the connecting fight just, just, despite being at the gate two hours before the flight took off. In the gate, ready to take off, and I missed the flight. I was so sedated. Anyway, I had to get a flight the next day. So that's the level of panic attacks that I've had. Some terrible ones. I couldn't go in a toilet where there was no gap between the ceiling and the door because my anxiety was so bad. I've had panic attacks every way and every week. and think couldn't get on an airplane. had a fear of the dentist. And then there were a few breakthroughs that I had in terms of anxiety that made so much sense to me. So much sense to me. And I'll give you a few distinctions that I got. I love that word. A few distinctions. I went, it was so bad. I've had anxiety coaches. I've been on anxiety retreats. I've been all over the place. And one of them was on at a, at, a, at a, it was with a guy called Charles Linden. He's apparently the anxiety expert. And he just gave me some shit that blew my mind. And, and one of them was, that often with anxiety, we we mistake discomfort for danger. Discomfort and danger are two completely separate things. But the big thing that he taught me was about creativity, okay? People that get anxious are usually of high creative intellect, right? You think about this. Most of the things we're anxious about are just making up. We're anxious about things that haven't happened yet. We're inventing, we're, we're quite literally creating problems. And that's because we're not solving enough problems. So I completely fixed or thought I had actually, I actually got out of anxiety quite quickly the last time it happened. Um, I completely fixed my, my airplane panic attacks. Bearing in mind, I used to have to take two, three, four diazepam on a flight, right? And I completely fixed it by, he basically told me that when I'm when I'm anxious, I'm anxious because I'm sitting there trying to relax or I'm just inventing problems. And he told me, he said, when you're next time you're on a flight, he said, just take something to do that holds your attention. Because you can't have your attention on something that you're doing that you're busy with. It could be work. It could be a book. It could be a movie. It could be football manager. It could be fucking Call of Duty. It could be whatever. For me, I actually take all of those things, so I've, I've got nowhere to turn to, right? I can't do that and be over here being anxious about being on the airplane at the same time. It's that simple. And I fixed it like that. Once I once I got my head around that fact, and I tried it, and I, I held my attention here, changed my life. Same with the dentist. I used to have to get knocked out to have a filling, like completely wiped out. You know what it's like getting sedated like that. You feel like shit for two three days. So I said to this dentist, I was I was going to have a tooth removed, which is a different level to a filling. And I said, can you do me a favour? I said I get really anxious sometimes when I'm when I when I'm in a dentist. Like so much so I've needed this tooth out for a year. It's so bad bad now, like the whole of my jaw hurts. So I said, can you do me a favor? Can you just talk to me all the way through the procedure? And here's the thing. Because my attention was on her voice, just talking to me through the whole thing, I forgot about the fact she's got that sucky thing with the fucking (laughs) hands in my mouth. I can't feel my jaw. I can't swallow properly. Or I feel like I'm going to swallow a middle finger or a thumb if, if I swallow I forgot about that whole thing because my attention was over here. So those are called, uh, uh, they call those diversion tactics. So that's the first piece of it that helped me with it. The other thing, I don't even know where I got this from, is that anxiety is really just, and I say just because people will get triggered by this, right? I did when I first did it. Anxiety is just a state, okay? And a state, basically it's a state that your body and mind go into that kind of disempowers you, Right? but you don't catch anxiety and you don't, it's not a contagious disease. You create it, and you create it through your physiology, your focus, i.e. where your attention is, or what you make things mean, and your environment and your language can also affect it. So people's language these days is terrible. My anxiety, I'm like, dude, it's not your anxiety, it's just an, an emotion you actually experience. So for anxiety for me, it's, if I can manage my physiology, breathing, posture, how my body feels, all of that stuff. Like for example, if you get anxiety, if you if you if you create anxiety, sorry, and you drink coffee, it's like pouring petrol on a fire. Like, why would you do that? It's insane to do that. So I stopped drinking coffee before a day before a flight i stopped stop drinking coffee. I'll be in a fucking foul mood while I get through the flight. <laughs> but things like that. And then it, and now physiology breathing is a huge part of anxiety. I've actually just done a course and it was amazing, called the Art of Breath 101. And the, the, the stuff that I learned about breathing and anxiety was huge for me. So now I'm a big nasal breather. Um, there's courses for br- breathing for jujitsu, for example, because I used to get anxious in jujitsu when people got me in a certain position, I'd shit my pants. Now I can handle it because I learned about breathing. And again, the focus thing, that's just where your attention is. You think about this, right? Creative people, I used to think, there's fucking 300 people on this flight. How am I the only one that is sweating and trying to get out of the window, that tiny little window. And he's like, well, that's because you have a creative intellect. You're not solving enough problems. Your mind can will invent a problem, whereas 299 other people, I mean, it's, obviously that's an overreaction or an overestimation. They're not anxious because they've got either they're focused on something else or they're the type of person that can just sit there and relax. We, Jamie, we, can't, we don't do very well just sitting there and relaxing, right? It's not our thing
0: no uh, i think I've, I. yeah i literally yeah people I uh, yeah i i i when you were saying that i just remember the last two times i had a mini panic attack um yeah. and the first time was I, I literally i had my social media off for a week um yeah. i was at a charity auction i won a private island for seven days yeah. um well, I say one. I paid a fucking lot of money for it. Uh, I was the highest. I was the highest bidder. shall we say? Um, yeah, you're and, the more drunk on there, you mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But um, it was the the best holiday ever. It was um at um in Nicaragua. It was about literally took us forever to get there. It took us a two hour speedboat to get to this private island. It was amazing. But that you could literally because there was only four of us on the island and twenty two staff. We could do anything. And there was a little island about a kilometer away. Yeah. And I said, oh, "Are we all right to swim to that?" And they're like, "Yeah, yeah, cool." Um just wave if you need us because and um, we'll get the boat out. Yeah. Um, we were halfway across and, you know, I'm, I, I, I'm a decent swimmer, you know, yeah. um, but I was with my wife and I had a snorkel on and I was swimming and we were halfway across and I just started to have a panic attack because the it was getting really deep. The coral went off. Yeah and i couldn't and i'm not used to not being able to breathe from my nose yeah. so i was, so i ended up really deep breathing and then i yeah. caught a wave yeah. and then i just suddenly was like fuck and then i had a panic attack I said, I'm halfway here i can't breathe properly yes. i'm on a i'm on an island there's no one here to help and yes. if my and if my wife suddenly struggles i can't help her yes. and all this thing went in my head and i then i started having a panic attack and i was like fucking hell um and i think what what changed it is jay you can swim for 3 hours straight Without breaking a sweat. Yeah. Um, All you need to do is keep pushing forward. You can't go back. And Anna's fine because she floats and she finds it's easy. Yeah. And, And that sorted my head out. But at the same time, it was just like, fuck, I needed to really. Identify what it was because yeah, I shift
1: started, shift your attention sort your breathing out.
0: Yeah, and I was just like, "Look, this is easy. Just carry on." You've only been swimming for fifteen minutes, and it was lucky because we got to the island finally. We waved the boat over. It took them twenty five minutes to get to us. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> and the next one was only lasted a couple of minutes, but it was during my backwards run. um It was an hour in, and I knew I had twenty three hours more of doing it. Uh, and I kind of like had a little bit of a, like, and 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 I was just like. I shook it off as I like, just chill, listen to the yeah. music and just get back into that state. Yeah. Um. And it's, it's weird because I know exactly how it comes on. And it is just literally overthinking something. Yeah. Dude, uh, that's a uh,
1: panic attack sitting in the car in a traffic jam. I'm like, I'm stuck in traffic. Had a panic attack in the car just because I'm stuck in traffic. And this is a shift for me. You know that podcast, My Dad Wrote a Porno? Yeah. Well, I used to be into it quite a lot. And I just put that on. Took me a little while to get over it, but eventually I'm listening to this. I can't listen to this with integrity, like be fully in this whilst at the same time panicking. I can't. It's impossible. I can't be in two places at once. And I and think that, that's a huge thing for me because it's so simple, yet it, it can feel difficult. But it's just here's what I think it's down. To. It's down at training. If I train myself to divert my attention, I actually use meditation for this because if you think about it, this, is why guided meditation works. Because when people just lie there, they get – I can't believe I'm talking about meditation at this. But when people just lie there and try and empty the mind of thoughts, it's impossible. Because when you lie down, there's nothing to do but think. Yeah, <laughs> right? Exactly. right? Nothing to do but think. So you can't empty your mind of thoughts. You're not in control of the thoughts that come in. You are in control of which ones you give attention to and where your attention goes to. So guided meditation works. I don't use it. I'll tell you what i do in a second. Guided meditation works because your attention – is on fucking Andy's voice. Andy from Headspace or whatever. Your attention is on his voice. That's why it works. I can't think false and listen to his voice fully at the same time. So I just use, when I'm meditating, I just use mantras or attitudes, they're called. And I go back to the attitude. You might call it an affirmation, whatever. It might be counting your breasts. That's why counting sheep works for a lot of people. You're counting the sheep. You can't count sheep with integrity and think shit at the same time. That's the concept of it. And that's that plus the physiology of anxiety, huge deal. And that's, for me, that is the solve. But understand that it's not a disease. You don't catch it. It's not contagious. You have a strategy for creating your own anxiety. or oh, sorry, I'm not even going to say your own. I'm going to say you have a strategy for creating the state or emotion of anxiety. You just don't know what it is. But how exciting is that? If you figure out what's creating it, what's creating this? Is my diet, Am I eating shit? Am I t- having too many stimulants? Is my breathing? Te- is my breathing? Am I a mouth breather? Is my breathing all over the place? Am I out of shape? Am I in shape? Could I do more? Could I look at my diet? Am I eating too much sugar? For a, I mean, I'm not saying that's the answer, but stimulants are an obvious one. And then it's like, okay, well, where's my attention? I'm at, Most people that I talk to, and I talk to a lot of men. I'm sure you can imagine, right? I'm sure you do. And most of them aren't working towards anything. The mind has got nowhere to go other than, and they start to get obsessed with how they feel and how they don't want to feel. They start to get addicted to feeling like shit. They start to get addicted to what they don't want in their life and they don't have any goals. I call them the purposeless man or the wandering man. Men are just wandering around with no purpose. And purpose isn't like a calling. I think that's overrated. People are like, oh, it's my calling. this. Purpose is just a sense of purpose. And just having some simple goals to work towards, like in um, the Santa Shred, shameless Pug, having some goals to work towards gives you a sense of purpose. And that, for me, can also start to help people who suffer from anxiety or who create anxiety because now their mind has something else to take it up rather than this shrunken. And I think as we get older, our world's actually become smaller and we become more insular as we get older. Have you noticed, that? Yeah. I did a nice, training on last night with my guys. When you're at school and that, you've got youth club, you've got your friends, you've got homework, you've got football, you've got the girl who's knickers you're trying to get into. You've got all this going on in your life, but then as you get old, that kind of shrinks a little bit. You've kind of got work, your wife, your kids, maybe a couple of mates, and that's it. Your hobbies start to disappear. And for me, that's a big cause of it as well. There's, no, there's nothing else holding your attention. There's no purpose. There's, you're not moving towards anything. So, yeah, yeah, that's a big thing. Now, overwhelm, for me... Very closely linked. It's the same kind of feeling. What I think with overwhelm is you've got to consider it's not really a thing. It's not really a thing. It's like, I've got a list of shit to do. It's too much. It's not exactly overwhelming you. Do you know what I mean? It's a list of things. You can't be overwhelmed by a list of things. So for a start, I'm like, you just believe in your thoughts there. You just believe in your thoughts. And I think anxiety can come around as a result of that because that's where your attention is. Too much to do, not enough time. And also I think... It's just not about, you're just not clear on your priorities. Or you think you have to do all of the things. You can only do one of them. You don't have to do all of them, but you can always do one of them. Choose one. Which one? Whichever one's easiest. That's, (laughs) you know, the eat the frog thing. I like the eat the frog thing, but I'm like, I'm going to stack a couple of easy fucking wins up first, mate. I'm going to get the warm up done. I'm going to do the easy shit first, and then I'll hit the big thing.
0: I think I think as well, you know. I, I talk about eat the frog, but at the same time, like from a from a boxing analogy, if you want to yeah. build a confidence in a fighter, you give him a couple of easy fights, so he builds up his confidence, so he can yeah. go for the heavyweight champ. Of course. of course. And and I think that's important. I mean, something that's helped.
1: That, Jimmy, if you think about this in your workout, sometimes when you don't feel like working out, you sometimes say, "Do you know what? I'm just going to do the warm up, and then if I'm not feeling it, I'll walk away." That's what I mean.
0: Yeah, I you think what, I mean? what what I kind of do. I mean. I I very much condition myself to do things I don't want to do and do them anyway. Um, and you know, I I spoke very much about, um, I have started cold showers. I've started dipping in the sea and I've wanted to do it for ages, but I finally started in March this year. Yeah. And and the biggest, how often
1: do you do that by the way?
0: What's that? How often do you do that? Um, because I'm getting my tattoo done at the moment, and he's advised me not to jump in all the time. It's like, I'll, I'll and I'm having it every two weeks. I have a week of not doing it and a week of doing it. But as soon How as this. How often
1: would you do it if you weren't doing that? Every day. This is a very personal question because I'll leave yeah. a 30 second walk from the scene. I never quit.
0: Okay. okay, yeah, so it took me probably two years of wanting to do it, to do it. I started with a th- 30 days of cold showers. I was c- yeah. I committed to doing it every day. Yeah. 14 days in, I realized how much you adapt to the cold and actually could get under cold water now. I can get under cold water now and I don't need to take deep breaths or it takes my breath away. Yeah. Um, and that's from conditioning it. But at the same Dude, time- that's
1: a great example, by the way, of how to crush anxiety. That cold shower thing helped anxiety a ton. Two, so that's two, your two, response, it's your response to stress.
0: But it's also two things, Okay we've just spoken about meditation yeah um two things focus your thoughts on something else yeah and breathe when you jump in fucking cold water yeah you 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 do not think of anything apart from fuck this is cold that's all you can think of and breathe yeah so for the 15 to 30 seconds that it takes for your body to adapt to that cold yeah you literally think of nothing and just have deep breaths. And then suddenly, one, literally, like I, I say, no matter how cold the water is, so I started doing this at nine degree water in March. Yeah. Um, No matter how cold the water is, it takes 20 to 30 seconds for it to not feel cold anymore.
1: June, and that's how long the average panic attack lasts for, by the
0: way. There you go. And and then what happens then is you get this massive euphoric feeling. Yeah. You, you start randomly laughing for some reason. <laughs> and then you, <laughs> And it is the most insane thing when you walk out, you feel invincible yeah. for about a minute. And then you like, depending on how cold it is outside, you've literally, yeah. you've got probably two minutes be- to get your shit on before you can't feel your hands. But at the moment, yeah, yeah. you know, it's a little bit warm at the moment. I'm looking forward to November, December, yeah. but it is a complete game changer from a from a point of view, as well as every every morning that I know that I'm going to go for a swim, I wear my swim shorts before I go to bed because I wake up and it might be spitting with rain like and I, I instantly tell myself, don't go in today. Yeah. But then I, I get up and I look at my swim shorts. I'm like, well, why would you have your swim shorts on if you weren't going to go in? So yeah. basically, Jay, you're full of shit. And the yeah. days that I don't want to do it are yeah. the days that I need to do it most. Yeah. So that's conditioned and me. that
1: You'll get the more from it probably as well.
0: And every time I come out, I'm like, I'm glad I did it today. Yeah. So actually now I've learned to have a better relationship with my head on the things I don't want to do. I know that I've just got this pattern disrupt to go get, yeah. basically I say to myself and it's actually a thing is regardless of what it is, I just say to myself, get in the fucking sea. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and I actually, I've said it out loud once when I would always yeah. I would say, Jay, just get in the fucking sea. Yeah. And, it, and it's got nothing to do with the sea. It might be just to do with something like I can't be asked to go to the gym or I can't be asked to, fill out my tax return or something like that and i'm just like jamie get the fuck in the sea and it's just yeah. like and i and it's always nice. those always those things that you feel better after you've done it and then yeah, it's it-
1: funny that thing you know when you're talking about the cold showers that's kind of what i said for the anxiety thing breathe but don't just focus on breathing i think for a lot of people that's not enough it doesn't hold you attention enough. you've got to take it somewhere different and this is this is something that i figured out that um you know you know this man and I'm never I'll never believe this that kind of your body will just keep going a lot of the time right it's not your body that'll break down mm-hmm. I figured that I figured this out I did a half marathon with no training I did that fan dance thing you know the penny fan thing yeah a big fucking weighted thing and and I did this sas selection training and what I figured out was that actually if I can take my mind somewhere else my body will be fine it's gonna hurt it's gonna suck but most of the time I just think about what I'm gonna eat when I finished that's yeah. no shit. Or oh, what I'm learning, or what I, how I could do a podcast about this. What could I write an email about at mile seven? Yeah. I think that is That is an innate ability that if you train that, just the, the simple fact of being able... It's just called a diversion tactic. Be able to divert your attention to something else, that's a huge deal. Probably in any area of life as well.
0: Yeah, I think it's important because, you know, I do all these crazy endurance challenges. Um, yeah. And one thing, you know, a lot of it's mindset. I mean... Yeah the the last one you know i ran f- fucking 24 hours backwards but yeah like up to about 13 hours of doing it i was fine 16 hours i was going you know i was fucked yeah. but then the 17th hour i ran my fastest 10k backwards that i did even when fresh Shit. so the 17th hour i ran four minutes faster than i've ever ran 10 kilometers from the like i did the brighton 10k backwards and i ran faster on the 17th hour Wow. than that. And it was it was a realisation your body goes through different phases, but you know, like, it's it's all in your head. Um yeah. and, you know, you see this with athletes. You see athletes that are doing like, you know, a marathon and yeah. they're exhausted and then they know that they've got half a mile left and they and, and then they they do their fastest half mile. And yeah. what and I, I can't remember what it is, but I'll send you the, the the um the details of this because there's an interesting analogy um and I've forgotten what the name of the guy is, but he, he's basically got this theory on the brain and, and there's different things that you can do to tap yeah. into it. And, really? And, and it's not until you put yourself in these situations that yeah. you can tap into it because then yeah. you understand the process of it because you're like, when I'm six hours into something and exhausted, I don't stop because I know it's just... Um, a lot of the Navy SEALs call it it's an evolution so yeah. you, the reason that Navy SEALs can go on for Hell Week for four days is that they just yeah. they know right that's the first evolution done so they kind yeah. of reset their brain to go back to the start again
1: yeah and, a box and in a different it, box isn't it a different container
0: yeah, yeah. It, it, exactly and, and that allows them to carry on because they, they don't look at it as I haven't had any sleep for 12 day for, yeah. for a day it's yeah. I'm past that evolution now I'm on hour one now let's go again even yeah. though they're on hour, hour 25. Yeah. I think
1: sometimes, uh, you know, sometimes you know when you have to do shit that you, that, that, that's hard like that, I think sometimes I say it to my guys, I'm actually trying to get my son do, to do this with his homework, funnily enough. Now, listen, you have to do it, so you may as well find a way to love it. You know what I mean? You yeah. have to do this, so you may as well find a way to love it, because you can't, contrary really, to what we're saying at the start, you can't always do what you love to do. Sometimes you have to do what's required, but you, can, you can't always... Do what you love, but you can always find a way to love what you do. I think.
0: Yeah, I agree, and I think as well you you need to you need to push yourself in things that are uncomfortable. You know, I I be honest, I fucking hate doing these um, charity events, but I love like I love the training, I love the build yeah. up. The pressure is yeah. a lot because it's for you know this year as well as last year it was um for a children's charity there's lots of people donating and lots of sponsors yeah. you know i had a wobble week last week where i've pulled my calf and yeah. you know it, it, all these things go on in your head but they're the best things because it's like right you know you don't learn anything from a perfect week what yeah. what's, the, what's the opportunities for you to grow here and learn something and then teach it yeah. to somebody now else
1: how I use this how can i use this
0: yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think so many people need to frame things differently in their life. So if they're going through shit, yeah. it's like, cool, what's the opportunity to learn from here? Because it can only get better. Or, yeah. you know, I'm going to be able to write a book on this in a couple of years' time yes. because yeah. Because, yeah. I, because I can now sit with my thoughts and write things down yeah. and map things out. And although none of this makes sense in a couple of years' time, I'm going to enjoy reading this and learn something from it.
1: Yeah, or well, I'm going to be able to show my kids how to deal with this shit.
0: Yeah, which is, which, which in the end of today is is the most important all them thing. At all
1: the leverage, all leverage for me. I see it, in my guys. If I coach a guy that hasn't got kids, it's harder because yeah. I haven't got that leverage, dude. It's your responsibility to show these little fuckers how to live.
0: Yeah, exactly. not by
1: preaching at them, not by shouting at them, not by fucking reading from your book, by showing them because they'll copy you anyway.
0: Yeah, well, it's, okay. I think I think uh, I think it was a quote: "Children don't learn; they absorb." Yeah, and, and I think that's important because you know you can teach All your
1: the imitators. They're imitators. as well. imitators. That's what they are. the copy, copycats.
0: Yeah. yeah, I think I remember someone on a, on a question said, "Will you push fitness on your kids?" Um, which is you an interesting. You don't need to. Yeah. Well, this my response but you was live it. exactly, and I said my my daughter Eliza, um, she can do twenty military style press ups at five, and yeah. I've ne- and I've never, never, never told her to do it. She just does it with me. And she's got good at it from learning yeah. my technique. Yeah. She, she's got her own Instagram channel now and she's doing vlogs. Like, literally, I don't even know that she's doing them. She just gives yeah. me a phone and I have to edit and upload it for her. Yeah. But, so she gets all the benefits of social media without any of the disadvantages because she just produces content. She doesn't yeah. see who follows her. She just comes up to me each week and says, how many followers have I got, Daddy? Yeah. Um, and it's, it's kind of it's hilarious because she's just seeing what I've done. Um, it's funny and she see that because
1: my hands are still covered in blue dye. Because me and Nina made a video on Sunday about we make your own bath bombs. And it said, so you made the mixture. It said add a couple of drops of water to it and then make it in like wet sand. But I added too much water and it went literally <laughs> just bomb before I even made it. And I, honestly, this blue dye was fucking all over the place. So yeah, <laughs> But she gets videos from what like, she watches YouTube, obviously. But yeah. she gets the whole video thing from me and she's better than me at it.
0: Yeah, but they're they're brought up with it now. You yeah, know, see it. Yeah, and that's why I say to a lot of you know we're, we're transitioning uh, into business now. But I say to a lot of people that if you if you say I'm shit at video, it's like the world doesn't care because in ten years you're gonna be really odd because everyone like no one will be nervous on camera because they've had it from from day dot. You know, like when I was at school, we 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 didn't have video cameras on our phones. We didn't yeah. have anything. We didn't have phones. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like year, I, I mean, when I was at school, we had like the, the most amazing thing was Snake 2 on your phone. Dude, uh,
1: check this out. Check this out. Right when I met Leslie, my wife, you used to have to ring the house phone and ask. That's, that's how long ago I was? How crazy is that? I used to have to say, "Hey, is Leslie, there." Yeah.
0: It's. it's, it's uh, but it is mental now. But at the same time, these are excuses, and it's just like, look, you need to get with the times and and grow it. And that's kind of what I want to kind of speak to you about business because you're known very much for emails Paul yeah yeah and it's always funny because there's two things two things that make me chuckle yeah. one TikToks for kids yeah. um which which does make me chuckle and at the moment it might be true but next year I'll be smiling and two email is dead yeah um it's an old <laughs> it's an old thing that nobody uses anymore everyone needs to use social media
1: I want to say something I love it when people say like there's less competition for me yeah the one thing that you have to have to open an email to, to open I'm kidding, I'm, One of the things that you have to have to open a social media account is an email. Pretty much, you pretty much always have to have an email or a phone number, right? And listen, the people that say email are dead. And and actually, I opened my talk at IFS with that slide. Email is dead. If you at it. <laughs> it, it. Social media is dead. If you at it. Yeah. social media is only where it's at if you are good at it and the only reason you get good at it, by, is by training is by frequency and intensity of your training it's the same with email you get good at it with frequency and intensity it's as simple as that so email is dead if you shit at it and I saw, uh, funny enough I also use this as a slide at IFS I saw someone on Instagram the other day saying email is dead guess what you had to do to find out what to do instead email you give them your email address <laughs> that's amazing email is dead give me your email address and i'll tell you why That's funny that but yeah dude i I get it and it's because um social media is easier and i think this is the thing i'm sure we spoke about this before i was talking about with james as well the reason that people don't like email is either not very good at it because people are still reading emails and and i think the main reason why people don't like it is because you don't get instant gratification you don't get, there's nobody giving you a round of applause for your emails. You don't see it anyway, right? But email is like, sometimes if, I mean, it doesn't feel like it is for me, because I've, I've kind of mastered, I'd, 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 I'd like to think I've mastered the art and science of email marketing. I love seeing that. The art and science of email marketing, I love to see I've mastered it. It's something that I've perfected and perfected my craft. But one of the things that's difficult about it for a lot of people is you send the email, and it's like tumbleweed. It's like Honestly, I hated writing my book. Most difficult part about writing my book is there was nobody clapping me, giving me a like, giving me a comment, giving me a thumbs up, giving me a king emoji or a gorilla emoji or whatever, or an eggplant emoji. <laughs> eggplant, No, there's nobody doing that when you write emails. Same as my book. My book, honestly, it felt like I'd spent six months locked in Fritzel's basement. <laughs> <laughs> I hated it. I hated it because we're so used to getting instant round of applause from people. And that's the difference, I think. I think that's why people don't like writing email. I think the people that say it doesn't work are the ones that are shit at it, or the ones that have never even done it. All the ones that are selling the social media course. So, it's, but listen, what I what I used to say, I was like, listen, email's the only way. What I've realised that email is a way, but combined with social media, bath bomb, <laughs> bath bomb, blue bath bomb. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a when people say that I've got to I've got to have a little giggle and I agree with them I disagree with them now I don't argue I just show them results
0: yeah And why is it I mean I do a lot of um, PT mentorship days and one of the questions I always ask is hands up who here has an email list and I would say out out of a group of 100 150 coaches probably 10 do do emails yeah it's mad isn't it and and it genuinely is crazy for me you know I wouldn't say that I'm an email expert Mm -hmm. but I've you know I what I've become very good at is insights and I you know I tell people look at your insights you know for my emails I do a lot of emails I do a weekly newsletter as opposed to daily emails Mm -hmm. um, which is for me you know it has more benefit to me than my audience because it's I the way that i've kind of habitually do it and want to do it is because it's re- it's a reflection of the week what's been going on this week yep. and then I, and then i talk uh, body brain business mm-hmm. and it and it basically i have added it in as my kind of therapy of yeah. what's gone on this week let's share yeah. let's yeah. teach let's yeah. learn and i feel so when i send that email that's
1: in the last bit, Jamie.
0: let's get fucking
1: paid yeah <laughs> <laughs> now, Don't forget that let's get paid bitch
0: yeah <laughs> But at the same time, you know, um, I've, I've generated significant amounts of income through yeah. my digital products and that from email. Yeah. You know, yeah. my online challenges, they're all based on building up a list and emailing people. My digital products are all launched via email. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, I've been doing email for many years now, so you naturally become good at it. You know, yeah. I look at the open rates. Uh, and for me, that's the thing that I kind of look at with regards to email. So, what, apart from obviously, Paying for your email domination academy, yeah. which we'll talk about in a bit, Paul. What yeah. kind of tip, what kind of three, three, three quick tips that you could give someone who's looking to start email for their business?
1: All right. So, one is you have to tell stories. You have to get good at telling stories that aren't always about the thing. So, if you're in fitness, don't always talk about fitness. It's quite boring. Tell stories about your personal life, tell stories about movies, write about hamburgers. Um, Actually, a good thing to do is kind of read my emails. All the people's emails who I've taught, James, Darren, a bunch of people who I've taught email too. Um, Read their emails. Uh, The second tip would be um, don't include loads of graphics and shit. The point of an email for me is to get you to open it. It's no good if you don't open it. So your subject line has to be decent. It has to be curiosity-based. It can't be repetitive. It, It has to make me think, what the fuck does that mean? What the fuck's that? Don't give away the entire email in the subject line. It's a big mistake people make. And then the point of the email is to get me to read the opening line. So read the start, the middle, and the end. And then get me to the bottom of the email, like a slide, where I come out with my credit card at the bottom. That's what an email should look like. So in every email, just make a subtle offer for people to get the opportunity to work with you. I just say things like... um, And that's why I created Email Domination Academy. If you're ready to work with me, reply with Academy is the subject line and I'll get you the details. They're then asking me to pitch to them. And what I know about people on an email list, and this is I'm going to have a little rant here, is that one of my favorite things that I know about people that are on an email list, I know for a fact that those people have the problem that I solve and they're interested in the subject that I'm talking about. Social media isn't always like that. Social media, someone might follow you because you've got a nice face or nice shoulders, Jamie, or a nice Chinese old-school tattoo on your arm. Not anymore. Not anymore. It's gone. Are so you going to it up now? Let's go it's oh, dude, it's, I love it. It's gone. So, you, so you've got that that might follow you because you're nice tattoos or your weird accent or they, they might want to see your videos when you haven't got your teeth in and stuff. Do you know what I mean? But I know for a fact if someone's on email, it's they a, have the problem that I solve. B, they're very interested in what I'm seeing. And if I'm a local person, if I've got a local business, even better, I know they're from where I'm from. Yeah. So that's one of the things I love. So this first tip would be um would be tell stories. Number two, don't cover it in graphics. Number three, make a little offer on every email. It's your listen, if you've got a, a product or a service that changes lives, it's your moral and ethical duty to give me the opportunity to buy it. If you don't make the offer, I'm not gonna buy. So here's what a lot of people do. They they go for like the and Gary V probably used to call it the jab, 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 right hook or something like that, something like that. I'm like, that's fine, but what if I'm not there? What if I'm not ready when you decide to throw the right hook? What if I'm not there? People don't buy when you make the offer. They buy when they are ready. So it's kind of your job to make the offer every time you c- communicate with them, pretty much, right? Yeah. So I'm like, if you want to increase your chances of making, like someone says to me, Paul, I send three emails a week, should I send daily? I'm like, you don't have to. It might not be a good fit for you, but do you want to double your chances of making the sale? Double how many emails you send. I've never seen a case of more emails meaning less sales. Sure, you'll get a few more unsubscribes, but I'm cool with that.
0: And I think I think that's that's a lot of people's excuse. They're like, "Don't do daily emails because people." And this is very much similar. Don't do daily emails because people will unsubscribe or people will get bored of you. Yeah. That's true, but at the same time, whenever we do, whenever I do a marketing campaign, a lot of the guys that are launching a product they say i don't want to talk about my product today because i've talked about it for the three days straight am i i'm worried that my audience are bored i'm like no yeah. no 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 like you don't even have to talk about it in the main body just yeah. throw a
1: little fucking transition in yeah just it, throw it's... a little transition in oh by the way i've got a i've actually got a birthday offer I come on friday it's my birthday so i've got i've never done a birthday offer before so i'm just mentioning it now i'm mentioning it in every single email Every single email I mention it, then when Friday comes to make the big offer, people are, are expecting it. They're right. excited about it, but I'm I'm only just throwing it in as a subtle, a subtle thing until then. Yeah. So yeah, it's a um, it's a and, and I think the whole thing about you wouldn't only post once a day on social media because you were scared of scared in case people unfollowed you, would you? No. You know what I mean? It's it's almost these days it's almost the same thing, and I'm like, if someone unsubscribes, this is a mindset shift for everybody listening. They are not the fucking catch mate. I'm not losing out if they don't get my emails. They are, because my emails are fucking class. My emails are entertaining, funny, and helpful. If I've got all those three things in, you don't even have to be funny. Sometimes, I've wrote one tomorrow that's very aggressive, right? Very aggressive. But people like that. People will unsubscribe, but the people that are left, they're almost ready to buy. And it might be enough to push them over the edge. The people that unsubscribe, they miss out, not me. I'm the catch you got to think about this. If you're a business, particularly you fitness guys, there are millions, thousands, millions, hundreds of thousands of people that need your help, that you can help, but there's only one of you. you got to get this around. That You've got to get this mindset shift. You are the fucking catch. Nobody has your stories. Nobody has your experience no, in terms of life experience. There might be trainers that are more qualified than you. Who gives a fuck? But I think- you, you are the catch.
0: And I think I think people are, I think people are always afraid of that because they're worried what people think. Yeah. And you know, I think that's this is the biggest problem with social media. You know, people are worried about posting because they're worried about it being perfect. Yeah. As in to say, you know, I'm not going to post one of those.
1: My content's terrible. My Instagram is so bad.
0: But but I think I think as well you know uh, one thing I find is I get very good posts and then someone will correct my spelling um, or or grammar correct me and I say to people look there's three grammar mistakes in my in my best selling book yeah um, and you've got to if you are unable to read the message through the mess then I'm not I'm not for you yes Um, and also my you know my my publishers said let us know where the spelling mistakes are and we'll take them out. Yeah. and i and I, I literally said no, because any any person I know that will message me now yeah. or write a review based on that yeah. i I know who needs blocking or unfollowing because you you're yeah. not gonna not that I would block or unfollow but it it's just like you they're not the people that are for me you know I find it inspiring that someone can write a book who failed g c s e English you know? <laughs> so
1: that so yeah. that
0: you know i i literally funny funny story um i used to email i used to email my family when i was in iraq in 2008 when i was yeah. a soldier um and i i used to use like my grammar which sh- i was even shot myself like i used to put it said anyways it would be an n e ways uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, i still said one like that i to write an email with that subject like n e ways <laughs> Dude, i'll be disappointed if you don't write that you have to do a post on this any i love that
0: any, anyways All right, that's getting
1: yeah there's a, getting there's got to be a post on that
0: yeah, yeah that's so I, th- I think i think that's um a huge kind of takeaway from business and email be yourself you know embrace your kind of weaknesses as strengths tell stories yeah. you and- know what
1: jamie I want to touch on this again because this is such an important part. You know, not want to talk about what we're worried about what people think, we're worried about being imperfect, right? So we p- people don't do it. So they don't do what's required based on what might happen. So we avoid, we're kind of avoiding a feeling. That's what we're avoiding, right? We're avoiding the feeling of being criticized or being rejected. Now, whatever that feeling is, by you not doing that work or putting that thing out there, you're getting that feeling anyway. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so you may as well make some progress. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. and you know, the most of the time you just get it and i mean when you fail to do something when you fail to put out content when you fail to express yourself when you fail to make a post because you're worried about what people might say the feeling you're avoiding is the one you get or end up getting anyway
0: yeah so and- like,
1: you, you
0: may as well get something from it and it's kind of a vicious circle because you don't do it you don't get the result and it kind of convinces you why you shouldn't have done it anyway when in actual fact you know it's just like it doesn't that really doesn't make sense you know a lot yeah. of people a lot of people have asked said so your Instagram you haven't posted in like a week and they're like, oh yeah, well, you know, I was consistent and then no one was following me. So I didn't post. <laughs> I'm like, oh, so, and then, I totally that, dude. And, and I was like, oh, that's a, that's a great tactic. Cause I heard someone who did that. And then six months later, they had a million followers and they were like, really? <laughs> I went, no, <laughs> no, they fucking didn't. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I'm just, I'm just like, you know,
1: dude, you know, anybody that's successful on social media and even in business, anybody, you've got Gary Vee with Wine Larry TV. You got Joe Wicks with his fucking Bosch videos on whatever he first started them on. I think he was on Snapchat originally, right? Yeah. Something like
0: that. I think he said he'd done 10,000 tweets before he made his first sale.
1: Tweets, there you go. James did email for six months before he made a sale. You've probably gone through periods of fucking tumbleweed. But the, the difference is, is just you've got the compound effect. I said this I finished my talk at IFS with it I went to a Jiu Jitsu seminar with John Cavanagh Conor McGregor's trainer Black Belt and Jiu Jitsu all the people there were fucking savages and I'm there as a new white belt couldn't even fucking move properly right and I'm thinking fucking hell I'm so shit at this I'm so shit at this I might just fucking feign it, like do a quingery might just do a quingery and get out and just pretend I've hurt myself and just watch and then it just occurred to me actually I'm just a white belt I'm not shit at it I'm just a white belt and the only difference between me and him is he started before me and he kept going longer than me and it's funny what I realised from Jiu Jitsu I've actually tried to start it numerous times it's only the past year that I've really been consistent with it and i try to start it numerous times and what I know is that if I don't show up I don't get better the worst part is is if I don't show up and everybody else still keeps going they get better than me <laughs>
0: You know what I mean? I was saying
1: to Mark today. I was, I was joking. I'm saying, man, I'm gonna fuck you up tonight. He was like, one day you will fuck me up. And I'm like, I'll not because you will keep going. The only chance I've got of catching you up is if I keep going and you stop going. So, it's and a, that, a, it's and that, and that, sh- and that in market, itself,
0: its huge. And that in itself should be motivation for him because he doesn't want you to catch up. Yeah, exa- so.
1: exactly. I love that. I love that. Yeah. And you were saying it about training right at the start. Your hard work is done. You've got the compound effect.
0: Yeah, exactly. And but you know and I think it's important because so many people compare their chapter 1 to somebody else's chapter 10 and yeah. I think when you understand that you've just got to keep reading the chapters that you'll have that level of knowledge um, and I think that's so important so you know if you're going to start with email now know that you'll be shit know that you can get better yeah. because there are people that can help and of course there's two ways of learn, getting better at something learning from your mistakes yeah. or learning from someone who's made all the mistakes already and um, I kind of transitioned this um, into our final bit. Paul. I can't believe
1: you've used the word transition instead of segue. Uh, sorry.
0: <laughs> We're gonna rewind. We're just going to segue. <laughs> We're just going to segue. <laughs> um, in, into a quick question. What What's next for Paul mort What is next for Paul mort I'm actually, um, I've actually just cancelled three and a half grand's
1: worth of monthly recurring revenue. That was pretty much all profit, right? And this is an important business lesson. I had this thing where I was writing emails for people. I had a newsletter where people could use their email but I cancelled it for one simple reason. I'm growing Unstoppable into a fucking monster right now. So Unstoppable is growing at a huge level. I'm 1,000% committed to it. This year, or next year, I'm looking to put on the world's... Sorry, Europe's biggest ever male-only convention forward slash seminar forward slash bootcamp. I'm looking to get Tyson Fury involved. All this kind of thing. That's something that I'm looking at for next year um, with the Expert Empires guys, funnily enough. But my thing. Um, and... That's kind of what's next. Um, email domination academy still happening. We're doing that. That's kind of a—I wouldn't even say that's a hundred percent thing. That's just kind of people keep asking me about emails, so I put together a course. Um, in terms of that, just in terms of my body, um, I'm com- going to compete jiu-jitsu again in December, in the old guys category. <laughs> it's called the masters category, um, and that's it, mate. Nothing, nothing, nothing really crazy. No, no, um, no crazy shit going down. Just continuing. Um, like I say, building momentum. I, I, I don't make mad commitments. I do big shit, but I don't make mad commitments. I'm just continuing to build momentum, you know?
0: Yeah, and it's, it's always, Paul, from, from me personally, it's always inspiring to see, you know. Oh, thanks, man. Um, people, I think, especially in this industry, people always need to kind of reinvent themselves and change <sighs> and find things that you enjoy because this is very much like like, like that Navy SEALs thing, you know, that we talk, spoke about. And that's true relentlessness. It's like, right, cool, that chapter's closed. We're back to square one again, but with a new passion and a new energy and a new focus. And it's kind of feels like being reborn again because you have all of that um, built up energy that you have, you know, it's very rare to find something in business that gets you feeling like when you first started building your business. Yeah. Um, and and you know I kind of I see the
1: key is Jamie. I see you doing this as well. We'll grow some. We'll break a bit off the end, and we'll see how much bigger we'll make. We'll break a bit off the end. So we'll go through these phases of just breaking bits off. You know what I mean? And then putting a new bit on it. Breaking yeah. a bit off Yeah. How can I tweak this? Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, and. Uh, and... You know, for me, it's exactly the same. You know, I always go back to that time where I was made redundant in 2012 from, you know, a decent job working abroad and I had no money. I put 16 grand on my, uh, in my dad's credit card, my credit card, borrowed my dad's bike and cycled, cycled up to this PT studio in the middle of an industrial estate by a prison. Um, and that was the most exciting time for me because I was yeah. in control of my life. And six months later, things started happening for me and exactly the same happened this year. You know, I closed the gym, I went fully online, I split from my business partners and I genuinely felt like I was back on my bike, yep. like my dad's bike. I haven't given it back. Sorry, dad. Um, so <laughs> I've still got to give it back to him. Has uh, it still got no seat on it? <laughs> <laughs> like when he cycles, he takes the seat off. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's why he walks funny. Oh. Um, Someone but, will probably port me to the politically incorrect, <laughs> window, but hey, listen but- each other.
0: But I, I feel passionate again for business because I'm creating something new. I'm changing, you know, everything's evolving and changing. I think but that's so important.
1: That, and do you know what? I say this to my guys. I'm like, you get to create excitement every day. It's your responsibility to create it. You don't have excitement. You create it. I ask this yeah. question every day. I got it from Brendan Bashard, and it's, I answer it every single morning. It is, it, I fill in this blank. One thing I can get excited about today is every morning I answer that question. Because just writing that down, if there's nothing in my schedule where I'm like, there's nothing there, guess what I get to do? Put something in. <laughs> I'm responsible for creating this excitement, this motivation. And that whole creating feelings thing was just a giant breakthrough for me. You can have a strategy for creating any feeling you want. You've just got to be willing.
0: And I think that works well for business. When people see that you're genuinely waking up and excited about what it is that you're doing, yeah. people, people tune in more because they want yeah. it, you know, Negativity is infectious, but so people feel positive.
1: your energy, bro. People yeah. feel your energy. Even if it's online, people feel it. You've got to be responsible for the energy you put out, in my opinion.
0: Yeah. And I think, yeah. I, think I think it was um I actually wrote something down with Brendan Bashard's um it was in his motivation manifesto. Oh what a
1: fucking great
0: book, man. Um, and I just wanna kinda of add it uh, yeah. quickly now, if I can bloody find I've got so so I, I do everything well, in my well, note in yeah. notes, but luckily uh, Dude, Phil, that is
1: that is such a good book, by the way
0: feel the day
1: feel the day nice
0: and i think so Shit. yeah and i think to people don't feel the day as in like just stop for a second and feel it like like and and, and it sounds a bit woo woo but it's not it's just like look hang on a minute i'm i'm chatting to paul in my yeah. home home office while we're getting work done you know having fun in my business of which i've created 100 percent myself yeah. you know Next door is my son, my wife, and I just feel the fucking days.
1: I, I still keep forgetting you've got a son, Matt.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and it, and it's just, you, you know, it's it's that reflection that's so important. Yeah, so, and you
1: know, you've just said that, and you, a few years ago, I would have poo-pooed that. I'm doing yeah. a lot of things now that a few years ago I'd have been like, that is complete and utter fucking woo-woo bullshit. Dude, you know, like affirmations and that? I'm into them right now. Jumping on a fucking bouncy thing, I'd have been like, "What a fucking pussies thing to do!" Do you know what I mean? I'd have been talking yeah. smack about Brendan Bashaud a few years ago because I wasn't ready to hear the message. Yeah. Now yeah. I'm ready. I'm ready for all of that. Like, I'm listen. I was talking about meditation before. The old Paul Moore, dirty uncle Morty, like we're talking about before. The guy that I had to kill was uh, he would have been like, "It's what a bunch of bullshit that is for pussies that meditation."
0: Yeah, and yeah. it's it's, it's it amazing. Is- uh, it is, you know, because. Success leaves clues, and I think that's important to understand. You know, like a lot of these, a lot of these people who are saying important message are in a good place, and they've been there for many, many years, and there's a reason for it, and it's because they practice what they preach.
1: Yeah, Um, and I think it's often you're just not ready to hear the message sometimes. Yeah, you know, we were talking about this quite a lot when when we're IFS, when we're talking about haters and people criticising you. I mean, it just means that these people they're probably triggered by people get triggered by my transformation. You get triggered yeah. by what I see. It just means they're not ready to hear it yet, and that's okay.
0: Yeah, exactly. So um, you've got a book out, Paul. Um, and I it, have. And it's um, – is it called Fucking un- Unstoppable? It's called Fucking Unstoppable, The Modern Man's Guide to Grabbing
1: Life by the Balls. Amazing. And guess what, Jamie? I'm finally ready. Well, we're almost ready. So we've done about six, 7,000 copies just by – with, with drop shipping, And I'm finally ready to put on Amazon almost because – I've kind of been, listen, I'm very good at dealing with haters. We've had the police involved, I've had death threats a bunch of times. i had a lot of haters in my time, so I can deal with it. But one thing I haven't been ready for is like those anonymous comments on Amazon. I'm good at dealing with people on Facebook and Instagram and email, but I wasn't quite ready for public stuff. So it hasn't been on Amazon, but we're actually, it, it's with an editor now getting some shit done, and boy, does it need some shit done, it least. <laughs> I kind of rushed it the first time. Um, but you can get that at um, unstoppablebooks.com.
0: On I mean,
1: it's not for everybody but by this point if you're still listening it probably is for you <laughs> yeah. and it's you it,
0: still and it's not I'll give you a tip with Amazon Paul it's not the one star wankers that you need to be worried about it's the two star Timmies the two star um,
1: two, Timmies is it
0: two star Timmies uh, because you kind of you kind of get a three yeah. and you, you like a four and a five and you kind of get a three where that was okay one yeah. You know they either hated it or shouldn't have bought it Two, it's yeah. like where are you going with that so we coined a phrase two star timmy so two wait for, so look forward to your first two star me because <laughs> you know, it'll be uh interesting for that one and um so and your email domination paul as you said you yeah. compiled everything that you know about email into this into this six week course or is it yeah. six six hours worth of content yeah. um and six where, modules and, and where can people go to you can get,
1: find out more about that at EmailDominationAcademy.com? Amazing. I'm email going
0: to put both of these links into my the show, own
1: reason,
0: the show notes. My own Brilliant. So, so I'm going to put all of this into the show notes um, to make sure that um, everyone clicks on it. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I highly recommend that you you know if you're look if you have a business if you if you are a personal trainer and you're looking to. Get better at emails, and and you you really really should. Um, I couldn't recommend Paul enough, um, and I look forward to reading the book as well, Paul. But I finish every Sweet. podcast. I'll, tell you what I'll, send
1: you. I'll, I'll even send you a copy. I'll even send you a copy because I haven't even done. Do you know anyone that writes a book will be like, oh, you need to send it to people. Yeah, Latin's never been my thing. I'm sure you get this. Have you had a lot of people send you books and you've never read them?
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I didn't want to be that guy who sent a book to someone and say read this. And then they're not reading read so, it. But I'll send you one. I'll send you one.
0: Yeah, yep. and I, I, I will read it. I promise you I'll read it. <laughs> and
1: actually, that. dude, I'll tell you what I'll do instead. I'll give you the audio because the audio, by all accounts, is fucking hilarious. Oh, brilliant. I'll tell you a little story about the audio, right? I'd sold 100 copies of the audio and I hadn't recorded it, right? <laughs> so I was like, shit. People were like, where's the audio I've just bought? it. I'm like, it's, it's we're having technical problems. So I went to record it. I'm like, fucking. I'm just going to record it with GarageBand.
0: My Garage
1: band Or garage band And my mic was fucked So I had to use A, I to use the computer audio And B, I didn't have time to edit it But what came out was raw And people loved it Because I was like, listen You're going to hear me fart You're probably going to hear me stumble over words But what happened was I actually came up with something better Because I'd be reading something And I'd be like That doesn't even make fucking sense Here's what I was supposed to say And people loved that rawness So I'll have to send you that If you, you guys are listening Go to unstoppableaudio.com well, that, the audio. Audio. If you can understand my accent, you'll you'll enjoy the audio, but you'll laugh your dick off all the way through.
0: Amazing. Well, Paul, thank you ever so much. Um, I could literally, you, we, we, this, this could be a 10 hour episode. It, <laughs> there was so, there's so much we could talk about. and We should probably factor we'll in a part, it again, so. a part two before Christmas. But I finish right, every yeah. podcast with the same quote. And that's what you put in your body affects how you look and how you feel. And what you put in your head affects what you think and what you do. And today, you've been filling your heads with me, Jamie Alton and Mr. Paul Moore. Paul, thank you ever so much for coming on the Mindset Muscle Podcast today.
1: No problem, my friend. My time. None of you people can tell me
0: to stop. My town, my crown. We know what it takes to be reaching the top. We're reaching the top. We're reaching the top.